tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about the new study that was published a few days ago about how even just one drink a day can shrink your brain. I'll explain what this study found, how the study was performed, and what I think of the results. I'm going to relate this to studies about how alcohol is healthy and teach you how to identify whether a study's results are fact or just an association. So let's dig in. Thank you. 
Previous studies on the brains of chronic heavy drinkers, which is defined as three or more drinks for women on any day and four or more for men, have found widespread structural changes to their brains. The frontal regions of the brain are the most vulnerable to damage from alcohol, and studies suggest that alcohol may speed up the effects of aging on brain volume. We talked about how alcohol impacts the brains of problem drinkers in episode 69, but this new 2022 study published in Nature looked at how alcohol consumption affects the brains of moderate drinkers. This study looked at the relationship between alcohol intake and gray and white matter using imaging data from the UK Biobank. The UK Biobank is the largest collection of high-quality MRI scans alcohol-related behavioral information, and a measurement of socioeconomic status. If you listened to episode 85, I talked about a study that Wine Spectator was blasting all over the internet. This study also looked at UK biobank data to find a correlation between drinking one to two glasses of wine per day and having lower incidence of COVID. Make sure to check that episode out to learn more. The reason that the UK biobank data wasn't the best choice for that study is because this data was collected between 2006 and 2010, way before COVID was even a thing. The researchers didn't know if the drinking habits of the people they were looking at had remained the same. And it's safe to assume that someone isn't drinking the same quantity and frequency in 2021 in a global pandemic that they were drinking between 2006 and 2010. The UK Biobank information is okay to use for this current study though, because it's looking at drinking data from 2006 to 2010 and MRI scans from the same time period. But I'll explain more about the limits to this new study in a bit. So they specifically looked at 37,000 middle-aged and older adults of European descent whose drinking ranged from one to two drinks per day to more than four drinks per day. Obviously, the heavy drinkers had lower white and gray matter in the brain, but they also saw that the moderate drinkers who consume one to two drinks per day had changes to their gray and white matter too. Some studies have found that women have greater volume changes than men do, but this study didn't really see much evidence of sex-dependent volume changes. Specifically, people who had three or more standard drinks per day had brains that looked 3.5 years older, and people who had four or more standard drinks per day had brains that looked 10 years older than they should. And remember, a standard drink is pretty small. This study found that like people who have alcohol use disorder, alcohol intake in moderate drinkers was associated with structural changes to white matter and gray matter networks, like the frontal parietal control and attention networks, which are involved in sustained attention, problem-solving abilities, and working memories. And the default mode network, which is a network of areas that is active when we are at rest. So when we're daydreaming, thinking about the future, just chilling, or thinking about other people. 
The limits of this new study are what I really want to focus on, though. These include that the data is a bunch of middle-aged white people who live in the UK. Other age groups and races were not represented. And it isn't uncommon that a study will be mostly made up of white people. And I will try to highlight diversity limits of studies from age, race, and gender when I find them. People in their 20s and 30s may not have the same volume loss from moderate drinking because their brains are younger and more resilient. Also important, the researchers selected this group of 37,000 people for a reason out of the data from 500,000 people stored in the UK biobank. We don't know why this group was selected, but there could be some kind of bias here. Researchers could have a hypothesis they'd like to prove and just search through databases until they find a group who fits that hypothesis. I'm not saying that's what happened here because I don't know, but it's something to keep in mind. They picked 37,000 people out of 500,000 people. Another limitation is that the UK Biobank stores self-reported information about a person's drinking for one year before the brain imaging was done. Not about their lifetime drinking. So if they took a 50-year-old, for example, they only have information about how much and how often that person drank when they were 49, but no information from their 20s, 30s, and the rest of their 40s. And lifetime drinking matters. They could have very recently cut back when they were going crazy for their 20s and 30s, drinking a thousand drinks. The most important limit of the study, and the most important thing I want you to understand from this episode, is that it's an observational study, or more specifically, a cross-sectional study, meaning that they looked at data from a specific population at one specific point in time. It's like a snapshot. Observational studies cannot be used to infer causality, meaning that everything discussed in the study is correlation. If you listened to episode 85, then you learned why you can't take correlation as fact. Because this is a cross-sectional study, like the one I discussed in episode 85, you can't infer causality from it. So it seems like moderate drinking results in a reduction of brain volume, but it doesn't mean that moderate drinking is the cause. Cross-sectional studies are used to make inferences about potential relationships or to gather preliminary data to support future research. A better, but still not great study to use here, would have been a longitudinal study, which follows one group of people over an extended period of time. So if I were to design a follow-up study, I would select one group of moderate drinkers and follow them for years with regular brain scans and make sure they didn't develop AUD along the way or they're out of the group. I'd also make sure to diversify the group because as we learned in episode 85, one study on how moderate drinking is healthy chose a group of 70-year-olds that were much healthier than the average 70-year-old. So this made-up study would need to include a mixture of health, race, age, and socioeconomic status. 
Another limit is that the first author of this study is a professor of marketing in the Wisconsin School of Business at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, not a neuroscientist. Nothing against the author. He does a lot of studies on neuroscience, but his area of expertise tells you about the scientific nature of the study. This study looked at statistics of older data. They did not collect any of their own data or do any experiments on people. And the co-author of the paper is also a professor of marketing. My opinion on the study is that if you like this one and you want to share it all over the place, then you can't put down any studies that show a correlation between moderate drinking and health, like the study that Wine Spectator was sharing in episode 85. Correlation does not mean causation. It means that it seems like there's a relationship between moderate drinking and a reduction of brain volume, but that more research needs to be done to confirm that. What these authors have done is identified an area that needs to be researched more, but their conclusions are not fact. And that's the danger of seeing clickbait headlines and fancy posts on social media sharing these articles is it seems like it's fact, but because of the study design, their conclusions cannot be taken as fact. So the study that came out recently saying there was no safe level of alcohol for brain health was also an observational study using UK biobank data. So the same limits apply to that one as well. Keywords that you need to look out for in the future are UK Biobank, observational study, and cross-sectional study. Remember, cross-sectional studies are the weakest. Longitudinal studies are better because they follow the same group over a period of time. And this new study that everyone's sharing right now was a cross-sectional study. Many of the studies looking at moderate drinking and health are also observational. Just because two things appear to be linked, though, doesn't mean that they are. A randomized clinical trial or a double-blind study is able to show causation. But this kind of study on drinking is really hard to do. The easiest way to explain a randomized study is looking at cancer. Everyone has the same kind of cancer and one group gets a new treatment and the other group gets a placebo, but none of the participants know which group they're in. And we can't really do that with alcohol. What, one group gets non-alcoholic beers and the other one gets real beers? It's hard to control for that. And that's one reason why so many studies on lifestyle and health are done in animals because the researchers can control their entire lives. They can keep everything constant between the two groups except for alcohol consumption. And observational studies rely on self-reporting too. And think about how many times you've lied or underestimated how much you actually drink. Most people do that. There was a study published in JAMA in 2020 that was a longitudinal observational study looking at moderate drinking and cognitive abilities. They scanned and followed up with the participants over the years, so it wasn't just information collected at one point in time. This study found that participants who consumed 10 to 14 drinks per week had the best cognitive abilities as they aged. Cognitive abilities are impacted by lifestyle choices as well. Maybe the people who drank moderately made more money and could afford better health care, were highly educated and had more intellectually stimulating jobs. 
or worked out more and ate healthier. A 2017 study that followed participants over the course of 30 years with weekly alcohol intake reports and cognitive performance measurements found that moderate drinkers even had adverse brain outcomes and atrophy. Study design and the group of people selected for the study will have a big impact on the outcome. So two different observational studies on moderate drinkers and cognitive abilities got the exact opposite result. If you think about it though, alcohol is not something we should be consuming for health. I explained in detail why humans develop the ability to process alcohol in episode 31. If alcohol is toxic, then why can we drink it? We evolved to process alcohol for our survival so we could eat rotting fruit when food was scarce and not become sick from it. Alcohol isn't a healthy ingredient and despite all the observational studies showing moderate drinking is healthy, it's most likely not not healthy. Think about the same studies if they were done using sugar. People who eat cookies moderately are healthier than people who do not ever eat cookies. It sounds ridiculous. It's the lifestyle choices and the socioeconomic status of these people who can drink moderately for their entire lives that matters and impacts their health. So be on the lookout for those keywords that I told you about. UK Biobank, observational study, and cross-sectional study. If you read the CNN article about this new study on moderate drinking not being healthy, then you'll find a huge section at the end talking about the limits of the study. But if you read the article in Wine Spectator about moderate drinking being healthy, there's only a teeny tiny section at the end talking about limits. Either way though, these keywords will usually be there and you won't have to go into the actual paper to find it. And I'll link both of these articles in the show notes and send them out in my weekly email next week. But if you ever find a study that you're interested in, feel free to send it my way. Maybe it'll become a new episode. So I hope this puts some things in perspective for you. And next time you see a clickbait headline, just remember that many of those are only showing correlation, which means it's just an association. It's not a fact. And this new study about moderate drinking, shrinking the brain has very, very similar methods to the study about how one to two drinks per day reduces your risk of getting COVID. So they're both just associations. And with that, I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how twos for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.